With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This show is brought to you and associated with Labrooks. All you have to do is click the link to the description to this podcast, enter the promo code LAD50 when you sign up, and you'll get a free bet up to £50. Go on, do it now. Hello and welcome to the Newcastle Natter. What's that old familiar voice you hear? It's the voice of Fergus Craig, uh, your regular host, who's returning for a week and is joined by regular natterer Paul Doolan. Hello. Just the two of us. Paul, how are you? Pretty well. Um, so, I mean, let's before we start what is bound to be possibly the most miserable 40 minutes of your life. I don't know, there's been some miserable ones the yeah. last few weeks. But whilst, I mean, whilst we... Before we go on to what was a terrible result, um, I had amazing, uh, an amazing weekend. I saw on Facebook. Yeah, I've been relentlessly bragging about <laughs> yeah. it. I've been thinking, how many posts can I get away with? I did three status updates which mentioned it. To be fair, it was quite bragworthy. It was bragworthy, wasn't it? It, it was, was impressive. Tell, tell the people what you did. Um, I did retweet it on Newcastle Natter. No oh. one responded. <laughs> you really pushed it. I'm, listen, I want, I'm, I'm going to be really sad when it comes to the point where I can no longer talk about this. Yeah. Um, this weekend, on Sunday, I went to watch uh, the Miami Dolphins play the New York Jets. So what? Who gives a shit? Watch that at Wembley. Sat in the raw box. Uh-huh. And I worked out today that I literally sat, and this is no word of a lie, <laughs> I literally sat next to David Hasselhoff. And we were in the seats. So you were with him? I was with David Hasselhoff, David Hasselhoff's nephew slash assistant, and my friend Mark. (laughs) uh, Is that all one person? His nephew. His nephew slash assistant slash your friend Mark. Is that three, two, two or one person? There was four of us. There was David Hasselhoff. Yep. There was me, Fergus Craig. Yep. There was Nick Corjon, (laughs) his assistant slash nephew. And there was uh, my friend Mark Courtley. Right. Not the Nick Corjon. The Nick Corjon, right? <laughs> but me and David Hasselhoff genuinely were sat in the seats that if the Queen was to attend the <laughs> FA Cup final, 
and I was Prince Philip. Th- those were the exact seats uh, that we so sat in. So who got to be queen? And who got to be prince? I think he was queen. I mean, it depends. I don't know if they shuffled. Is it but... more or less emasculating to be the queen or the prince? Let's mm. not talk about that. Let's talk about the <laughs> fact that I sat in literally the that best seat in Wembley. That is a... That'll be replaced before they ever get yeah. to sit on it. That was incredible. Yeah. I was sat... There was a f- uh, free bar, Budweiser. Oh, the queen must be a fan. Yeah. <laughs> they only did Budweiser and that Bud is... Light. To be fair, I found it all impressive, but when you said free bar, it was immediately became very impressive. Yeah, well done. free bar, free food. Ooh. I mean, it was, we were the twats who, you know when you watch an England game, yeah. and you, after half-time, you're like, where are all those cunts? What are, about, what are all those empty seats about? Or any Arsenal game. You see it or any there. Arsenal game. I was one of those twats. Got to go down to the pitch. Wow. Things are going to change for me, Paul. <laughs> You, you're looking at the new me. This I can't is me convey to the listeners just how intense Fergus is. <laughs> from now on, my life is going to be like this. It is never going to change. Yeah. I am a celebrity now. <laughs> and it's about time I started getting a bit more fucking respect. It's true. Um, is that why you're dressed head to toe in gold? Yes. Right. This is the new me. It makes a lot more sense. All right, okay. Time to get down to uh, crushing reality. Um... We played a little team I like to call Manchester City on Saturday. And we took the lead. We took the lead. We took the lead. It looked promising, didn't it? I think that's all that matters, isn't it? I think that's all that matters, isn't it? We went ahead. Good start. Hit the ground running. Um, Good header by Mitrovic. Shearer-esque. Quick thinking from Wijnaldum, I thought, Mm. to put in a good ball. I mean, he was was free, but... It was... Very much a game of two... What's the saying? A game of two... Two halves, Two Paul. halves, yes. Two halves, Paul. I was trying to think of a funny alternative. Yeah, no, it's fine. Yeah. Well, of course, no, when was... you're in the raw box, it's a game of four quarters. <laughs> but, um, yes. Uh, so after the Chelsea game, which was... Whether it was a capitulation or a collapse or not, as Charlie Hunter would say, mm-hmm. the, you'd have to say the Chelsea game was relatively encouraging... Yeah, I think the pod was very positive after that as well. Yeah. Part, well, Charlie, like you say, had probably some legitimate opinions. Probably. But there was a more positive mood. Yeah. And then the first half, or at least the first half of the first half, uh, versus Manchester City was a positive performance. We could have been two or three up by it's true. about 40 minutes. It wasn't, it wasn't a case that we were luckily ahead. It was... One all at half-time was a fair reflection. In fact, there was an, uh, a dodgy offside decision, wasn't yes. there? Yes, and there was a Mitrovic one-on-one with Joe Hart that was saved. Right. Where, yeah, you just think if those had gone the other way. So it probably should have been 2-0, if you inclu- certainly with the um, yeah. dodgy decision. Or 2-1 at half-time. At half-time, yeah, yeah. right, yeah. And then... Aguero went on to... Obviously, Manchester City, if they're playing Pro Evo at half-time, they change the difficulty setting. Yeah. <laughs> and just it's... pressed R1. And Aguero went mental. It was nuts. I've no idea what must have happened. It's, it's hard to say, was it half... I mean, obviously, a fair element of it has to be Newcastle's defending. And a lot of it has to go down to Aguero. But you just wonder what must have been said at half-time in either dressing room. Um, it seems to me 
that whether we agree or we don't agree, referring back to the last podcast, um, whether Chelsea was a capitulation, mm. this clearly was a capitu- yes. uh, capitulation. Capitulation. Yeah. Sorry, mate. I got up at six o'clock this morning. A capitulation. And um, it seems to be, if you look at our record, what is it? We've won one in the last 19 games, I think it is. That's Something what I heard. like that, yeah. It seems to be that we, pretty much as soon as we concede a goal, our heads go down. Yeah, if we Here lose, we, we tend to lose big now, which is a bit depressing. Cause I don't even remember early in the season, after the Arsenal and the Man U games, and even the Southampton game, we were saying it's quite encouraging with McLaren now that we seem to have got rid of the habit of going behind and then suddenly collapsing. When you consider where we are now, yep. and it's only the beginning of October, would you say that our first three or four podcasts sounded like they came from deluded idiots? Yes, possibly. Because <laughs> I remember being quite positive. I think I th- all of us were. Yeah, I think we had good... You can only sort of base your opinions based on the most recent things and how they fit into what went before. So sort of the Southampton game, performance-wise, that was quite positive. We were doing things that hadn't happened in the last season. This is The Chelsea game as well was quite a positive one because it was the champions. All right, they are down the bottom of the league and a lot of teams are beating them. Yeah, that's the thing. I mean, it's not... You say it's the champions. But they are. But that's in the sense that... That's like saying, you know, Leslie Ash is hot. It's not... Do you know what I mean? It's not... <laughs> What I'm saying Quite is, you know, like that. they're not what they used to be. Yeah. Was that a good reference? <laughs> I, feels like too much Sorry, time Leslie, if you're listening. Then. Sorry, Leslie, if you're listening. Um, no, uh, what I'm saying is, it's, what's really worrying is it seems, no matter how we perform, if we perform terribly, like we did in the second half on Saturday, if we perform doggedly, and maybe doggedly, doggedly isn't the right word, but if we perform yeah. well, no matter how we perform, <coughs> bless you, no matter how we perform, we don't win. And, we, and it's not like, yes. it, it's not like oh, we're just going through a difficult run. But I We've think, won four times this year. I think if you were to take this season in isolation rather than the calendar year... Okay. We've had the most difficult run-in of any no, that is definitely true. That is definitely true. Dave's tables have proved that. Yeah, we'll get on to Dave's We've played all of minute. the top four now. We've played Chelsea, Man U, Man City, Arsenal. And Southampton, Swansea. Uh, Watford are the ones where you'd say we should definitely have won. Yeah. And who's been the other one? I don't fucking know, mate. I can't remember. We lost to Watford at home. We, well, we lost to... Sheffield Wednesday at home. Yes. We lost to West Ham away. That was the other one, West Ham. We lost to Swansea away. Mm, Fair enough. It's not great. Um, It's not great, but I think, as we were saying last week, the time to judge the start of our season is probably by the time we've had our next four or five games. It's a more balanced set of fixtures after those. I seem to remember it being the time to judge was like after Watford and Sheffield Wednesday. (laughs) Yeah, but oh. we did badly, so it's not the time to judge okay. anymore. So, um, I think you're right, but 
we have to try and remain a bit positive, surely, because it's just too depressing otherwise. Yeah. I mean, I'll get, we'll get on to whether we think we're going down or not. Um, but what really worries me is, and I know that's a ridiculous question in a way, in October, are we going down or not? I don't know. But um, our policy of um, buying only players under the age of 26, which is a policy that I use when I play football manager. Yeah, me too. Because they're cheaper. Um, it, it strikes me that, that we're, we're really seeing the negative of that at the moment. Yeah. Because our only senior players are Colicini, who... Whatever He's in you no think way of him, a leader. He, yeah, he definitely doesn't seem to be a leader. And then, yeah, in the actual starting eleven, he's the only guy. Yeah, with like I mean, you could argue for Stephen Taylor, in game, but he but he doesn't, doesn't really play. play. He's injured again. Uh, so, and, and and how good a leader Stephen Taylor is, I don't know. So, it's it, it feels like that policy needs to be changed to me. Yeah, well, it's a policy purely based on sell-on value, which isn't necessarily going to make a good team. I think if you look at the clubs that have that policy, but not as a blanket thing, so look at like Southampton or Swansea are probably a better example because they sign a lot of the players we seem to go for, right. but they still, they're not just signing that type of player. They still have a core of kind of older players there, but they still have sort of Ashley Williams and I'm trying to think who else Swansea have. Leon Britton. Yes. They still and, have um, kind of leaders in there. We've yeah. got, I would say our policy isn't necessarily the wrong policy. If we were only signing like older leaders, I think that would be as much of a problem. It's the fact that there's no balance in the squad. Yeah. And we're also only signing, play, not only, but mainly signing players with no Premier League experience. Yeah. So when half your team can't have any memories of winning a game in the Premier League. You know, it's, it's all about visualisation, isn't it? Yeah, I guess. And, and the, you know, it's traditional that it's hard to get a good start in the Premier League. Um, yeah, I so, think if you look at, if you compare it to the season when we came up and the core of players that were around then, it was the, the player committee years. So you had sort of Barton, Nolan, and the, Alan you, Smith. Well, you could say that there have been times in our recent history when we've gone too far the other way. Yeah. Like then. Or like that crazy period in the late 90s when we Lebo, bought yeah. all the players from the Anfield rap. <laughs> like oh, John, John Barnes, Barnes, Ian Rush. Rush. Well, was that it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was that weird one. Though. Yeah. And then when we, when we bought Sol Campbell. He was a great player for so us. Maybe, so maybe what we're going through now is a reaction to the period when we were basically, we were, when we were basically the uh, MLS. <laughs> kind of. I, th- I don't think it's being done for footballing decisions. I think our boardroom is all run on the idea of making a profit, but in such a short-termist way yeah. that they don't think if we just stick to this policy and get relegated, we'll lose... A- well, a ton of You lose money. a ton of money. Yeah. And also, those players aren't going to look good if they don't no. have someone to bed them in and, and help them learn the game in uh, the Premier League. 
Yeah, I think we're going to have to sign. We're going a to bit have of to experience. sign three players in their fifties. Yes, just to get the balance <laughs> get the right average on average. Because yeah. we are the youngest squad in the league as well. Yeah, and some would have to say when you look at our lineup on Saturday, also the shallowest squad. Yes, because uh, somehow Johan Gufran not only ended up in the starting lineup. But am I right in thinking he ended up playing in centre midfield? I think, I'm not sure if he did initially at the start, because it was it's that kind of thing where we attack in a kind of 4-4-2 and then defend in the 4-2-3-1. Uh, the but inevitably, we do a lot more defending yeah. against Man City. But yeah, at times he was playing as a central midfielder, which happened last season. And it happened enough last season to show that he can't play there. So I don't know why that How has that came. happened? I mean, Teote was on the bench. I'm assuming he's not match fit, but surely it's worth taking the risk. And yeah, you'd him have in to there. think. Gufran can't be match fit either. He's not really played. Exactly. And even, is Bigarimana fit at the moment? Oh, I don't know. But, but you like, just think, throw a kid in instead. Well, yeah, it worked out with Kevin and Barbu for one game. <laughs> um, I mean, suddenly, I mean, do you remember... For a few months last season, Mehdi Abid was the saviour. Yeah. And he's fucked off. Well, um, it was the same position last year as well that was a problem. Because we ended up playing Jonas there quite a bit. Ryan Taylor got a few games I understand, because we always seem to have loads of holding midfield players. Well, there was They're a stage injured. when we had Teote, um, Abid. Yeah, oh, Anita. So fucking tired. Anita. <laughs> Bigger Amana. It seemed like we had a surplus in that position. And we now we've sort of got do. like Jonas and Gufran playing there. What is going on, Paul? I don't think we've ever had recently, unless, well, apart from the season when Teote was properly decent, we've never really had two quality holding midfielders or even one. Teote and Kabai was the closest we've had to two central midfielders where you think they're guaranteed first teamers. Yeah. Now we just have people buzzing around. Like I don't think Anita and Colback as a partnership is great. Well, I saw an interesting thing today. Apparently, the goals we concede when Colback's on the pitch compared to off is just like a ridiculous difference. Like we're much tighter with him on. Interesting. So the the Chelsea collapse came when he was substituted. Right. He wasn't there for a lot of. Did he? He didn't start the Man City game, did he? He wasn't on for that. No. I think we capitulate a lot more. Might just be coincidence yeah. without him there. Because I still can't really see what he brings when yeah. he plays. I thought he had some good games last season. Yeah. Um, but again, he's not really a holding midfielder. No. That's the problem. The other thing about players who we like to sign who have a high markup value, they tend to be a little bit more creative. I don't know if it's just coincidence with the ones we sign, but they're always attacking midfielders or number 10s. So we buy them thinking of the profit and it just makes the team not just age-wise unbalanced, but we're positionally unbalanced. Yeah. Yeah. God, that was dry. I know, it was excellent. Thank you. It was excellent. Thanks, man. Well done, Paul. You're doing well. Thanks. So, um, yeah, I mean, second half, we capitulated. Congratulations to Sergio Aguero, if you're listening. Five goals. Yeah. Joins the ranks of, name them, Alan Shearer. Robbie but Fowler? Robbie Fowler, I don't think so, possibly. I've started something I can't finish because I don't actually know, but I know Berbatov did it. Uh, right. 
And Andy Cole did it, didn't he? Versus Ipswich Town. For Man U. Yeah. I was sort of wheeling Aguero on to get the double hat trick. Never had one in the Prem. I think we were saved a bit by them bringing him off. Because Man City did just stop. They could have easily... It could have been double figures. I don't think that's exaggerating. There's never been double figures in the Premier League, has there? Don't think so. Was the Man U Ipswich won the record? I think that was nine, wasn't it? Yeah. I'd like to see double figures at some point. Yeah, well, we might this season. Yeah, we might. If, if nothing else, maybe we will have the honour of being the first team to concede ten goals. So, um, McLaren, he afterwards, um, on the job that I'm working on at the moment, someone who's not a Newcastle fan, he's a Spurs fan, but he went on a rant at me the other day about how much he hates McLaren. A lot of neutrals seem to. Yeah. And I was, I'm trying to be positive about him. Uh, And I thought, oh, well, you know, England didn't work out for him. But, you know, he seems like he's got some skills or whatever. Let's be positive. Mm. And uh, his main gripe was that he's got an inane grin that he does in all interviews uh, after games. And since he said that to me, I can see nothing else. Yeah. And I looked out for it in the interview after the Man City game. We'd lost 6-1. It was, it was still there. Yeah. I mean, I understand you're trying to be positive. He's got the look of, like, a character in a film in, like, the Midwest of America who's, like, a yokel sex pest. Yeah. He's just been caught doing something to an animal. In you the nicest that, way. You hear that, Steve McCarran? <laughs> Paul Doolin thinks you look like a yokel sex pest who just fucked a pig. Well. Okay. So, but yeah, let's, let's give him time. Yeah. I mean. I'm not know, saying that's a bad thing. I don't think he's the number one man to blame. There's been a lot of talk about that. No, but, but it is. It's slightly annoying. I mean, I, I get he has to be positive. But it's, it's just annoying to keep getting hammered and keep seeing him drawing positives out in the interviews. But the last year or so of Pardew's reign was awful. John Carver's reign was awful. Yeah. And now Steve McLaren's is thus far awful. Yeah. So, um, the worst, there's one uh, consistency there and that's awfulness. So it's maybe not the managers. No, I think it's entirely to blame. I think there's possibly, well, you'd have to say there's some blame there, but it's hard to see who could sort of do better in the circumstances. I know a lot of people would say Pardew, but he didn't for most of his time there. Mm. So Mbabu is yeah. injured. I don't know if Haidar is going to be back, but then that again is showing a weakness. Do we have any left-backs who can stay fit? Um, no. Because Dummett's out still. Uh, Hydara Santon was always like injured half the time. I think we could get Pistone back. <laughs> We'd probably get in. Um, so, uh, right. I mean, let's ask the question. I know it's only October, but are we going down, Paul? I think we'll be a lot closer to going down than any of us thought at the start of the season. Yeah, because I was thinking 10th. I think what might save us, although Sunderland are doing their usual trick of getting a new manager in just in time to get their first of their six points against us, I think Bournemouth 
have got an injury crisis that's ruled out some of their key players for the season. So I think it'll be too Good. much for Great. them. Yeah. In a way, it feels bad as a Newcastle fan to be saying, isn't it great that Bournemouth have been decimated? We'll take anything we can get. I think they'll just about be three teams worse than us. I know it sounds ridiculous to say that on the basis of what we've seen this season. But it comes back to what we were saying earlier. It's, it's tricky to make a judgment based on the teams we've played so far because it's, it's obviously going to be fairly negative. I'm going to make a judgment right now. Do you think we're going down? No, I don't think we're going down. This is what I think is going to happen. I think uh, pretty soon we're going to go on a little run. We're going to go on a pretty damn good run and we're all going to get a little bit excited. And then... We're going to have a dreadful, dreadful Christmas. Yeah. And then we might win one or two games in February. Then we'll go on another awful run. And then we'll just about get the points to keep us up. So just repeat of the last two Basically, seasons. Basically, yeah. That, Maybe we're that just what we do. We might just be like those TV series, like 24 towards the end, where they stopped kind of having new ideas and just did the same thing every time. Exactly. I think... That's what we are. Yeah, that is what we are. It's kind of reassuring in a way, because that makes you think, well, we'll definitely stay up, because I've seen it. Well, in a desperate attempt to get viewers and suggest that things might be a little bit different, we did spend some money in the summer. Yes. But um, thus far, that hasn't changed the pattern. No. Um, but I think that was less... There was less spent, or at least less people brought in than there needed to be. Like we were saying last season, we need at least eight new players, and we probably got rid of more than we brought in over the summer. Yeah. So it's there's no depth. Yeah. Um, Dave Watson couldn't make today's podcast, sadly, but he sent us both an email. I, don't, I mean, I can't work out <laughs> all of it. I mean, there's. You'll be surprised usual, to hear there's some tables in there. Yeah, as usual, there's tables in true um, Rain Man. Uh, whatever. The tables are labelled with why I'm not that concerned. And oh, I don't fucking understand. Right, what's he say here? He says, it's a comparison between us and Sunderland because apparently suddenly, because he's realised... Yeah, I don't get why be- that's in there. Because, because he's realised he doesn't have a strong case for us having a great season, all in all. He's boiled it down to just us versus Sunderland, I guess. Over the past 10 seasons in the Premier League, we've averaged 1.22 points per game. Over the same period, the Mackhams averaged 0.95. Okay, fine. We've played seven of the top eight and only really been outclassed by Man City, is what he says. Mm, I think I can see what he's done looking at the table. Right. He's taken... This goes from 2001 to 2015-16. It's taken the... I don't know why he's done Sunderland as well, though. It's odd. But he's gone through the number of games we've got and the points and the points per game at the end of each season and then worked out the average of all those points per games per season. So he's using that to predict we'll get 1.22 points per game this season, which will leave us on 46 points. Oh, is that what it is? Yeah. <laughs> no, he's saying but, that's the club average over the last season, a few seasons. I don't know. Yeah, no, I think it is right, saying yeah. that, but I, th- I don't think you can really make that comparison, especially when we're on an average at the minute of 0.25 points a game. Yeah, I don't know. Reading Dave's emails is like 
You have to be Russell Crowe in a beautiful mind yeah. to decipher what the fuck is going on. I get the feeling if you left your phone unlocked overnight with that email on, a janitor would solve it overnight, yeah. like in Goodwill Hunting. Speaking of which, I uh, logged in to the Newcastle Natter Twitter account, at uh. Newcastle Natter, do follow us, um, and uh, noticed that there were a, a massive amount of notifications... In it, I got a little bit excited. Oh, perhaps we've had a retweet from a famous Newcastle fan and things have really taken off for the Newcastle Natter Twitter account. Mm. No, it was just a long-winded argument between Dave Watson and Charlie Hunter yeah. and a couple of followers. So um, I got copied in on one of those when I was at a wedding a few weekends ago. So I was in the middle of Norfolk and had no phone signal. Yeah, And then got back to the hotel about one in the morning plugged it in, and then suddenly it's like 46 new notifications. I've got that annoying thing where it sends you an email telling you each time there's a message yeah, you copied you in. You don't need that. Not when you've got Dave Watson in You your don't life. want heavy admin after a wedding. Say what you like about Dave Watson, but he doesn't half like a debate on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> he's not had any beef for a while with anyone. No, no beef. I think he's, he's reined that in, but, you know. So... Uh, Next two games are against Norwich and Sunderland. Norwich at home, Sunderland away. Am I right? Yes. Yeah. Norwich had Leicester at the weekend, and they looked pretty awful. Well, that should be easy then, shouldn't it, Paul? Should be it. But so, we looked not too great either. No, we didn't come to think of it. So... Uh, We've it's the international break first. Yeah. Luckily, we don't have many players <laughs> who. Oh, maybe we do actually. Do we have many that actually go on well, we've that got international break? A few of the Dutch ones. And yeah. Sissoko's still getting called up. Somehow. Speaking of Sissoko, he's still getting an enormous amount of shit on yeah. Twitter. Perhaps rightly so. I think so. I still think he's one of our best players. And I know what's frustrating is he could be so much better. Yeah. But he is the chances that we're getting. He is making a lot of them. He does damage. I guess he's just defenses. He, he he does damage going forward, but he just so clearly switches off and doesn't care when yeah, it comes to you defending. Want, you want more from him, yeah? But I think we'd actually miss him if he went. But I'd rather he broke up an attack that led to a goal than created two chances. Okay, okay. Um, well, I don't know if I agree with that. But yeah, oh no, that actually led to a yeah. goal. Yeah, fair enough. So um, yeah, Norwich is on uh, Sunday week, and it's on Sky four o'clock. So that could be a humiliation, or it could be the start of something beautiful. Yeah, hopefully we'll have some players back. And then we've got the Mackhams away, who've just uh, lost their manager just in time again. Yeah, and if they. Bring in one before their next game. That will be four seasons in a row, or four times in a row. They've sacked a manager, and a new one's come in, and his second game has been against us. Incredible. They do it every time, and it always leads to them winning. Do you think that that is just coincidence, or is that deliberate? I think it's coincidence. I think probably the pressure gets ramped up a little bit by the fans because the derby's coming up. Yeah, It might slightly tip it over the edge but I think it is mainly coincidence mental and you reckon just before we started you reckon Allardyce 
Well, you've heard that's that? what I read. I think he's he's to, yet to be convinced. I really hope he doesn't. I mean, I that would be brilliant because I hate Allardyce. Yeah, but I think he'll keep them up. And yeah, he will. And when he used to manage us, he used to wear a red and white scarf. Yeah, do you remember that? He'd wear a red and white tie sometimes as well, wouldn't he? I was like, how? <laughs> he would be a perfect fit for them. In a, way of, in a way of winding people up. But I think he'd also be a perfect fit for them as a club. Like, he'd, he'd just keep them 15th every season. Yeah. In terms of where he lives, he doesn't strike me as a man who needs to have a lot of culture near him. Because he lives in Stockholm at the minute, doesn't he? Does he? No. no. <laughs> but what I mean is, you know, I don't think he'll be, he'll be complaining think- that Sunderland doesn't have enough... Um, opera venues. Are you being snobby? I'm being snobby. Uh, as is my right. I think, yeah. At being a man who attends the Royal Box at Wembley. <laughs> that weekend. Two other celebs. This Sunday's sp- changed you. Yeah. Two other celebs. That's apart from me and David Hasselhoff. <laughs> okay. That I could spot in the uh, in the box. Uh, the guy, the presenter of Man vs. Food. Nice. And uh, Mike Tyndall. The rugby player? The ex-rugby player yeah. who's married to Zara Phillips. Oh, him. And both of them had shitter seats than me. <laughs> you should get in touch with them and tell them. Yeah. I think they need to know. They're on the same row. Amazing, oh. isn't it? Amazing. This is my life now. Who's Queen Tyndall? He's talking about trying to get us tickets for the next NFL game at Wembley. In the box. Oh. This is my life, Paul, now. Yeah. <laughs> I've got to hold on to it. I mean, it's going to fall... I'm still yeah. still earning the sort of wages that a newly qualified teacher does. So, listeners, this is Fergus's breakdown. Yeah. You're getting a good a good live moment of it. All right, sorry guys. No, no. Oh yeah, the breakdown is coming because I'm building up to everyone's favourite part of the podcast. We have signed up with Labrooks to bring you some exclusive betting odds and offers that we have wrangled out of them for you. Follow the links on this show's description and our Facebook page and Twitter feed. Facebook page, Twitter feed, at Newcastle Natter. Do follow us, guys. It's good for our egos. And our mini-pod at the start of the week with some tips and exclusive odds for you. For starters, there is a free bet of up to £50 for you when you click the link and enter the code LAD50. I mean, a free bet is, a, is not a bad thing to have, is it? No. Who gives a shit? It's free, isn't it? Yeah, fair enough. Yeah. So, um... Predictions. I mean, have we, have we got to that stage? Yeah. Predictions. So for the Norwich game, yeah, I think three one us. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I mean that email from Dave. Just going back to it. Let's go back to it because he's still. He did so mention pro- in there we've got seven players coming back for the Norwich game. Yeah, but are they any good? Well. I mean, yeah. He's talking about maybe we're going to sign some good players at Christmas. Uh, I think we need to make signings in this I'm winter sure transfer window. I know we traditionally but, don't. But. He reckons because we've supposedly got some easy games coming up, we're going to go on a little run. I don't know, maybe he's right. But I for someone who can be years. so negative, he's, he's consistently positive as yeah. well, isn't he? I mean, I think he's right. I don't think we will go down. But I'm also tempted to shout, Ostrich! Yeah, it's getting close to that. Uh, 
Okay. I think you just have to look at the running we've had. And I would, on Saturday evening, I was just like, oh, we're, we're screwed. That's it. We're in a crisis. We're going down. Mm. I think it's when you have like a few days to get away from it and have a bit of perspective, you kind of think again, well, we were, we were always going to lose away at Man City. The manner of it's upsetting, but our season's not going to be defined by that game. True. It's the games we've got coming up and the games like the Watford one that we lost that will determine how well we do. Yeah. Although we're still taking points off Man U, Chelsea and Southampton. So that's something. That is something, but not enough to, no. to get us out of the relegation zone. Not yet. Not yet. Um, so Norwich at home. I think, you think 3-1. I think 1-1, one, one, but which I always say. But we're going to have to win a game at some point. You'd think. So I'm going to say 2-1 to us. That's it. And uh, we'll save the Sunderland prediction for when that's the next game. Yeah. So, Paul, I want to thank you from the bottom of my heart thank you. for doing this podcast with me. <laughs> thank you very much. Apparently you're not drinking it this week. No, I'm having a week off the booze. Okay. You're very upset about I'm really it. angry I feel like it's soured the mood. Okay, well, you are going to come to the pub now with me. I'm going to watch and, you drink. And you're going to watch me drink. Yeah. Five pints. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, uh, thank you for listening. Please uh, rate us nicely on iTunes. Follow us at Newcastle Natter. Tell your friends all about it and have a good week. Thank you, Paul. Thank you very much. Thank you. Bye. Bye. This is a Playback Media production served to you in association with Why Not Think People. Sports Social Podcast Network. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.